got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Moments like seeing my son's team cheer him on mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palbociclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, hosted by MC8 and Big Steel. It's every Thursday, already a know. podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to a Trap Nerds Podcast Side Quest. Hello everyone. I'm posting here because I'm in a pretty weird situation. I think I need some help. I'll try to explain what's going on, but it gets kind of weird. First, I'll start with a question. Have you ever brushed 
so close to death that an image of it played out in your head. A moment just before catastrophe where your mind is firing on all cylinders and running through every scenario in an attempt to find an escape. One of those scenarios, at least for me, has always been my death. This, although disturbing, has always been inconsequential. At least until last week. I was on my way home from a party that one of my friends was throwing for their birthday. The night was clear, the two-lane country road was empty. I live outside of town, so this drive is just my normal day-to-day. I saw the car from pretty far off, and I turned off my brights, as common courtesy dictates. They didn't do the same. In fact, it started to look like they were in the middle of the road. Some people just don't care about common courtesy. It's not uncommon on the road these days, though. The closer we got, the further into my lane he came. Now the panic set in. Had the person fallen asleep? Were they going to intentionally hit me? The roads were too small, and if I ran off the road, I'd potentially be upside down in a ditch. If they were playing chicken, what if they pulled back into their lane right when I changed? We were nearing the point of no return at highway speeds. Something had to be done, and all I could do was lay my hand into my horn. Here it was. Moments away from impact, I saw it. The truck in front of me slamming into my front end, crushing it almost immediately. A second later, taking me with it in the mess of blood and viscera. I was gone. Suddenly, I was back in my seat just before impact. I swerved off to the side of the road, my tires clinging onto the hill for all they were worth. The truck swerved back into their lane in my rear view. I pulled my wheel over and was just barely able to get back on the road. But I was alive. My fast-beating heart was proof of that as I slowed down to collect my thoughts. However, when I moved my foot back to the gas pedal, I felt a twinge of pain shoot up my legs. It was brief. And at the time, I hadn't given it much thought. I was simply happy to be alive. Obviously, I wouldn't be here on this forum if that had been the end of it. A few days later, it happened again. I was walking to work after taking a lunch break at the local deli. I waited there at the crosswalk until I was given the okay by that familiar green walk light. It happened all at once. A horn blared, calling me to look up at the street I had turned away from for only a second. The sudden mental imagery played out like a movie, except... I was living it. The car slamming into me at a speed way too fast for a downtown road. My body almost immediately folded and my head slammed into the hood of the car as my body flipped over and was thrown into the windshield. As I snapped back, I realized my body had reacted out of pure survival instinct. I jumped out of the way, leaping just short of the curb, but enough that I was spared the sight my mind had treated me to. Suddenly, I heard a sharp pain in my ears, causing me to double over in pain. I hadn't hit my head. If anything, the pain would have been centered in the palm of my hands from bracing my fall, but then it was gone. An onlooker came over and helped me up. I can imagine I looked pretty dazed. I thanked them and did the only thing that I could. I went back to work. Now, I knew something was wrong at this point, but I wasn't really sure how to explain it to a doctor. And what if it was all in my head? I know I probably should have seen someone at this point, but I didn't want to sound crazy. Also, Two near-death experiences in the same week was enough for me to take a couple sick days. Yesterday was worse. I was sitting on the swinging bench I had installed on my front porch. It was always a bit of a dream scenario to have one of those and enjoy the cool morning air. The gentle creaks of the wood swinging back and forth was therapeutic. Then, a chunk of the board snapped off, the sudden tension violently jerking the piece of jagged wood downward and into my chest. I cried out in agony as I fell off the now slanted bench, writhing in pain as I found it harder to breathe. 
The sounds of gurgling coming up from my throat as I began to suffocate on my blood. Just before things went dark, I was back again, on my bench and perfectly fine. I jumped up immediately, not looking to create a reenactment of what I had just experienced. My hands moving up to my chest to make sure I was alright. I checked the boards this morning after hiding in my room all of yesterday. Everything was fine. I'm probably going to take it down after today. The vision must have only lasted a minute, but I felt it. So vividly. I'm scared of what this might mean, and I feel like it's getting worse. What if it becomes too much for my body to handle? I think I might see a doctor, but I'm scared they may put me in a mental home. I'm not crazy. I just want this to stop, so please. If anyone out there has had a similar experience, please let me know. I'm desperate. Update one week later. Hey everyone, the response has been overwhelming. I have to admit that I'm at least a little relieved that there are other people that have the same thing happen to them in times of crisis. Even if it's without the actual experience. It makes me feel a little less crazy. After discussing this with you all, I had come to the conclusion that maybe I was having some form of premonitions or visions that were keeping me safe. One of you pointed out that if these were really visions, I wouldn't be feeling them like this. It does make me wonder whether or not these are my futures. I know it sounds crazy, but I feel like the commenter had a point. I mean, the last one wasn't even during a near-death experience. If these weren't my futures, then were they other versions of myself? I'm sorry. I know that probably sounds crazy, but after last night's dream, uh, le let me explain. I had just gone to sleep that night when a noise woke me up. I got up from my bed to listen, hearing it again. I started walking over towards the door. However, I noticed something odd. You see, I don't keep a dresser near the door in my room. I've seen enough viral videos to know it's way too easy to just knock the whole thing over when walking into carelessly. But there was one here. A small dresser with a lamp and a picture of myself in a place I had no memory of ever going. Then I heard the noise again. It was just then I realized I had no control of my body. Was I dreaming? No, I was fully awake. My senses were still my own, but it was as if my body wasn't my own. My hand reached toward the handle and clicked it open. The hallway was dark, but much darker than I had ever seen it before. As I walked into the void that was formerly my hallway, I looked over towards the front of the house. My body trembled and my breathing went ragged as panic set in. The silhouette of a person was standing at the end of the hallway. They were hooded, so I couldn't see any identifiable features. The moment felt like an eternity as a deathly silence permeated the air around me. I wanted to speak up but couldn't. This nightmare hadn't allowed me any measure of control. It's almost time. A guttural distorted voice echoed down the hallway. The figure started moving now. My fight or flight reflexes begged me to run but I couldn't. I was trapped like some kind of passenger on a ride that was actively malfunctioning. I felt my body tense up as it braced to fight whoever or whatever was coming right at me. It was too fast though. And just as my arms came up to try and block, there was a sharp pain in my chest. Suddenly, I was on my back, looking up at a faceless void. The dark that my mind couldn't comprehend was under that hood. At this distance, there should have been a face staring back at me, but I stared into nothing. I looked down toward the knife that was embedded in my chest, before a gargled cough forced my head back. I felt the pain subside as my head fell forcing me to stare back up into the darkness of this thing's faceless pit. A darkness that was now taking my vision from me. 
My eyes closed, and I was gone. I awoke in my bed with a gasp, similar to those that had been underwater too long and whose bodies were desperate for air. I sat up quickly, looking around to see that I was back in bed, alive but with a phantom pain in my chest that lasted much longer than the other sensations I've talked about here. It must have been a good five minutes or so before it finally disappeared. The thing is, I recognized the hilt of that dagger. It belonged to my late uncle. He passed away about a year ago after being locked up in a mental institution since I was a kid. They never did tell me why he was there. I never had a bad time with him when I visited. Often we'd go out for ice cream, spend some time doing crafts, or he would share some survival tips for when the dark days arrived. I guess that last bit should have been a bit of a red flag, but all I knew was that he cared. The dagger was one he showed me a long time ago, and honestly, had I not seen it in my dream or whatever that was, it would have stayed forgotten. I knew it was time for a visit to my aunt's place. Update. One day later. My aunt was a sweet old lady, and admittedly, I haven't visited her much after leaving off on my own. She was happy to see me, and offered snacks while we caught up. It took me a lot longer than I thought it would to bring it up, but our conversation went a little something like this. Hey, Ani, do you happen to have some of Uncle John's old things? Some photos or some of his old survival gear? There was an awkward pause, and a long one at that, before she finally spoke up. I might have some of that stuff up in the attic. It's been a very long time since I've been up there, though. She said in a sullen tone. I felt horrible, knowing I had dug up something old and buried deep in her heart. She led me over to the attic stairs and stayed near the bottom. I looked back down at her and said, I won't be long. She gave me a slow nod, and I could see the sadness in her eyes. There were things up here she didn't want to face, and she wanted to keep it that way. I walked up to the attic and could tell it hadn't been touched in a long time. Dust and cobwebs touched every surface. I wandered around the large room for a bit, unsure of where even to start. I probably should have asked my aunt, but I was so caught up in how she was feeling I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I knew it when I saw it though. Over in the corner of the room was a large trunk, meticulously separated from the rest of the clutter up there. These were what was left of my uncle's belongings. I opened the large trunk and was immediately greeted by the dagger I'd been looking for. I paused, almost too scared to even look at it. I picked it up as though it were a live grenade, carefully handling and inspecting it. I was right. This dagger was the same one that I had seen piercing my chest just the night before. I looked back down toward the trunk and found a worn out journal. The leather bound book looked weathered but had some shapes or, or letters I couldn't really make out scribbled across its surface. This is where things get weird. I'll just upload some images of the notebook pages I took here. February 23rd. I've decided to keep a journal to catalog my dreams. I think it's rather ridiculous, but my therapist seems to think it'll work, and I am desperate. The nightmares I've had for the past few months have become unbearable, constantly running from faceless abominations, and being unable to wake even while I'm slashed and nearly killed is an exhaustion I cannot put into writing. April 30th. For months I've been trapped in nightmares I cannot wake from. But finally, on the cusp of a mental break, I have been allowed an unnatural peace in my dreams. Last night I had dreams of my neighborhood, or what remained of it. The entire town had been brought to ruin. The skies were tinged in a deep fluorescent purple, but the stars were clearly visible. It would have been beautiful had it not been so unnatural. 
Was I dreaming of some apocalyptic future? A place torn by war, perhaps, cleared of humanity and monsters? I'm not sure. I hope to come back to this place tonight. May 5th. I had the same dream again. I have had the same dream for nearly a full week, and I must express that where previous nightmares had me face abominations and otherworldly horrors, these past nights have brought me a sense of euphoric peace. No longer am I running from my life, from the fetid claws of beasts my mind can't comprehend. I am in a place ridden of such things. I lay nestled under the warmth of the beautiful purple light, a night sky I do not recognize, and I feel at peace. May 11th. I experienced an interesting disturbance in my dream last night. I found myself in an endless hallway with a tattered roof, allowing beautiful purple light to shine through in places. I witnessed myself walking out from a doorway in front of me, glancing both ways before spotting me. He appeared elated and beckoned me over. Hesitation gripped me, but curiosity won out. He informed me that our ascension day was nearly upon us, and I was the last to arrive. I was baffled by this, but decided to follow. The sights I beheld that day are etched into my memory. A theater filled with other versions of myself and a screen that overwhelmed my senses. The one I met in the hallway explained that we were all from parallel worlds, different versions of me with the same mind but different purposes. The purpose I do not recall, as my memory is unclear. May 12th. The nightmares have returned. I found myself in that theater again, but this time I was alone. On the screen I witnessed a future where faceless abominations roamed the streets. Our streets. The sounds of screams and gunfire echoed from every corner. The bodies. Oh god, the bodies. They were torn in ways I had become all too familiar with. I was immediately beset by anxiety as my senses were overwhelmed by horror. I was attacked from behind by one of those creatures, which ripped and tore at my body in ways more agonizing than any time before. May 14th. Why is this happening? I find no respite in the day now. I haven't slept since that night, but I experience micro-sleeps throughout the day. Those creatures are everywhere, just out of sight. I hear their low, guttural growls. I am afraid. Why can I not return to the place I was before? That beautiful star-filled sky. The loving embrace of the purple glow all around. I want to go back. May 17th. I want to go back. I want to go back. I want to go back. To feel again. To feel peace again. May 18th. I have dreamed a dream, but now that dream is gone from me. I understand now. These are not dreams or nightmares. They are visions. Beautiful visions of a future unrealized but attainable. God came to me, and I found myself back in that ruined utopia. I looked up into the sky and witnessed something truly remarkable, a sight beyond human comprehension. No matter how hard I tried to describe it, my hand would not move, as if it were against the very laws of nature to do so. Such a thing would be blasphemous. I understand this now. The Omnipotent One does not need to be described, only seen and experienced. Soon everyone will experience it. I have been granted ascension on this day. I know and understand all that is to come. I am the harbinger for our Lord. My nephew shall become a vessel for our new deity. Perfection in human form. I have been given the noble task of making him a suitable, fitting host for our new Lord. He will ingest our Savior's blood and eat from his body. I have been blessed with this holy mission, and will help usher in a world that knows only peace. 
Our Lord has assured me that the horrors to come are only to weed out the unworthy. Our new utopia has no need for the weak-minded. My other selves have been tasked with a multiversal genocide to set in motion a convergence of energy in my world. Truly I have been blessed. My world will be our Lord's new home. My nephew will be spending his summer here, and I have much to prepare for. I'm not sure what to do. Was my uncle simply crazy? My aunt was nowhere to be found when I returned. Did she know? She was the one who put him in the mental institution. Does this validate that there are actually other versions of myself dying? Why do I not remember this summer he's talking about in this journal? Did he really feed me blood and flesh? I, I can't type anymore. Please help me out. I'm not sure what to do from here. Update. Two weeks later. It's been a couple weeks since I last updated. I've had a lot going on. This is happening every day now. I've witnessed and felt so much death. In the first week it occurred every other day, but now it's a daily occurrence. Today was the most pleasant, which is why I found the energy to update everyone. It was swift. I felt nothing. I stood there in the living room, staring down a faceless invader I now recognize as my uncle. The man who once taught me survival skills and raised me during the summers was there to end me. A gunshot to the head. A blinding white light was all I saw. No sound, and it was over immediately. I woke up on the couch with a splitting headache. The others have not been so kind. Did you know that your head lives on for a few agonizing moments when you've been decapitated? Unable to draw a breath or speak, cursed only with vision and an overwhelming realization that you've just been separated from your body. Visions of those you love and futures you'll never experience flash in your mind, and then it's gone. The pain has been overwhelming this week. I come back from these places in agony, often crying and curled up in pain. I want it to stop. My uncle's journey said this would bring peace, but will it? I do not want to be a puppet for some fake god. I do not want to be the reason the world ends. Update. One week later. Sleep does not offer me peace. I can no longer escape into the deepest recess of my subconscious. Some nights I float in a sea of stars, racked in pain, unable to breathe as my lungs struggle. I do not know where I am or how I got there. I only know the pain of my lungs filling and giving out as my mind tries to make sense with the space I'm in. Last night I was pulled to a place I don't understand. The space is simultaneously devoid of light but glows. I've never seen black glow. My waking mind can't even comprehend what I saw. My body feels heavy and my mind is waning. I think the time is near. I think I'm going to try to end this myself. Update. One day later. I want to die. I tried. I put a gun in my mouth and pulled the trigger but nothing happened. It wouldn't fire. I used my uncle's blade to open my wrist only to watch them do nothing. No blood. The wound simply sealed back up as the blade cut. I even tried jumping from a building. I went downtown, snuck into the service elevator that took me to the roof. When I jumped, I felt it. Faced with what was surely my death, I found the first sense of peace I had felt in what seems like an eternity. The sudden agony of my body slamming pavement from ten stories lasted only a second before I was brought back. Passed out on the roof and being loomed over by security. The phantom pain paralyzed my body from the memory of impact. I physically couldn't move and had to be taken down by stretcher. Naturally, they found nothing wrong with me. I'm in the hospital now and they won't let me leave. I just want to say I'm sorry for what is to come. And to let you all know that I tried my best. I don't know what is going to happen next. I just want this to stop. I want peace. Listen to the Trap Nurse Podcast every Monday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, the iHeartRadio app, 
or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the gangster chronicles Hosted by MC8 and Big Steel, is every Thursday a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.